Hello, welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 118. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions made for and by our listeners. My name is Brayton Oski. I'm Devin Dury. And I'm Luis Gonzalez. Today on The Inner Gamer, we have a special guest with us, Charlie Smith, who was our Deadpool and our Jessica Negri uh, interview. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you folks doing? Oh, we're living yeah, the awesome. dream, dude. Living the I'm dream. I'm actually doing right. terrible. Thank you for asking. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go on they forever. It got dark. Quick, dude. <laughs> Uh, today well, you asked, man. I did ask. <laughs> don't uh, ask if you don't want to listen. It's not like we really wanted to know. <laughs> a, a, now I know who you are, and I do not like you. I'm kidding. <laughs> mean. Uh, today on the Inner Gamer, we are going to talk about some games we played, in, including Ukulele, Shovel Knight, and uh, Graceful Explosion Machine. When we move on to gaming news, we have our upcoming video game releases, a couple of stories including the Project Scorpio's specs, uh, some stuff about Twitch, Valve, and uh, Gearbox under some uh, scrutiny. And when we move on to our uh, discussion topic for this week, we are going to be talking about the state of platformers. Since we have a whole lot of platforming games out, we're going to talk about if they're making a comeback. We all hope so, and we have some thoughts to share. So with that, Brett, please cue the music! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Awesome Inner Gamer. As we mentioned at the beginning, that's not our name. Yes, it yes, should it be is. our name. <laughs> What is her name? What is her name? AIG. The Inner Gamer. It's not the Awesome Inner Gamer. Awesome Inner Gamer. Oh my gosh. The Inner Gamer, Awesome Inner Gamer. Anyway, so we, as we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we have a guest on, Charlie. Welcome. Hey guys. Deadpool from our Jessica Negri video from uh, Dallas Fan Expo. So that was awesome. How hot was that suit? Watch that yet? Check it out. It was toasty. It actually wasn't as hot as the mask. The mask has like plastic plating and then like padding on the inside to keep your face nice and cushy, cushy. Makes a lot of sense. It's It's super comfortable. I'd love to wear that. You should make a pajama version of that, and I would wear it every day. (laughs) I do have Deadpool pajamas, but not full body. But you got me thinking about the onesie onesie with a face mask or something like that'd be really cool. Yeah, like it'd be a very cheap Halloween costume for some people. The zip-up hoodies that become yeah, like be a super face, cool. but with a, a onesie, as long as it has a butt flap. Yeah, a butt you're, flap. You're, <laughs> you're set. As long as I wish that's everything there. had a butt flap. If we're being honest, <laughs> it wouldn't be a bad life. <laughs> Wait, yeah. are we a video game podcast? We are, we are a video well, game podcast. We're also innovators at the Inner Gamer, and so <laughs> if are. someone wants to uh, join up with us and make a butt flap everything, uh, you can find us at the Inner <laughs> Butt <laughs> flap three piece suit <laughs> at theinnergamer.net. Please email hello Inner Gamer. Trademark. Trademark hey, speaking of butt flaps, hey, speaking of butt flaps, Brett, you played a game <laughs> that might <laughs> suck butt. That's, that's a transition. I almost sprayed water all over right this there. mic. Um, yes, I played a video game. So uh, when this podcast comes out, April 11th, there is a game coming out that is a very nostalgic game. It's called Ukulele. We were fortunate enough to get a pre-release copy of said game, and I've been playing it quite a bit. And Ukulele is the developers, most of the developers of Banjo Kazooie. If you guys remember playing Banjo Kazooie back in the day, God, oh, who yeah. doesn't? Who doesn't Which remember playing that? Which was awesome. Doesn't, remember, doesn't ring any bells, man. I'm sorry. Whatever. Well, shut up. <laughs> shut That's up. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a brand new game. It's just just came out. It's on PC X, or it's gonna be on PC, Xbox, and uh, PS4, I believe. Yep. And um, I'm playing on PC. So that's the platform I'm working on. And it's definitely 
it definitely feels like Banjo Kazooie. It's it's a return to form. You have your Yuka, you have your Laylee. One's a lizard character, the other one's a bat, um, and they work together as you would assume to do platforming and things like that. So there's like a role mechanic, for example, where the bat stands or the bat's Laylee, I believe. The bat stands on top of Yuka, and Yuka like rolls his his body around, and the bat like rolls on top of him like a gerbil in like a cage and like moves his body to like go really fast down a lane or up a hill or something like that. So they they work together very well on lots of tasks and things. But do they poop eggs? They don't poop eggs, unfortunately. <laughs> that was re- I was like my favorite thing. Yeah. Like, I that, wish that I could cool. poop eggs as a <laughs> child. Like that would be so cool. <laughs> Projectile egg pooping. <laughs> Solve a puzzle. Like, mom, look what I can do. You you do have a tongue that you can like stick your tongue out and grab these little like elemental things off of flowers, and like one of them is like a fire flower, so you can shoot fire out of your mouth. And then there's another one that's like an ice thing that shoots like ice crystal balls at bad guys, and you can use it to like turn on buttons that are across like a chasm or something like that. So that's kind of interesting. That's a good sign. Like my, my question was going to be, you said it's, it's a return to form. Do you mean like it's exactly the same as banjo or there are parts that are innovative that are more modernized? Like it seems like elements or or I don't remember elements in banjo. I know there was like the ice level and like the jungle level and then the huge tanker level, which I hated for some reason we had to swim. I hate swimming. Uh, what has changed from what you can remember about Banjo? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's as much. There isn't anything in here that's mind-blowingly different from Banjo-Kazooie, but there's uh, things that have been improved upon that make it more interesting. So, I mean, if you like Banjo-Kazooie, this is Banjo-Kazooie turned up a little bit higher, but it's not something that's like mind-blowingly different you still have these different worlds you go to you have an ice world you have a tropical world you have all of that some of the differences that come into play one thing that i thought was kind of unique is that so so the general premise of this game is you have the uh corporal b or commander b i forgot his name i got it written down here but you have this bad guy who is trying to collect all the world's pages of books collect all the books to control the book industry essentially so your goal is to go out and find what's called pages which are individual sheets of paper that have character they're a character essentially and you have to go and collect these pages and by collecting these pages you can unlock new worlds as well as expand those worlds so when you first enter into a world so i start in the tropical world you go throughout it there's all these places you can go to you meet these characters you do quests for them and they give you a page for completing that quest and then once you collect a certain number of pages you can then use that page to either go back into another world or expand that existing world, which just adds on to what was already there. So that's one of the unique things that they added into the game where the world you see is not going to be the world that it ends up with. You can go beyond that. And um, they have uh, new move sets, and all the moves you can actually decide based on collecting these little feathers, these quills that are around the world. You can collect these feathers or the quills, and you can unlock and purchase moves per level. So each level has three to five or however many moves that you can then purchase however you want to do it. So you look at these three moves that are available to purchase from the shop. This guy that's like a snake that's wearing trousers. He's called trousers, literally. It's, um, it's a trouser snake. It's a trouser snake. Yeah. Oh my Mumbo God. Jumbo. Terrific. Yes. It's awesome. Yeah. What I like is that this game is not 
a kid's game anymore. Like it, it can try to be a little more adult themed. Some of the, the humor that they have. And there's, apparently, there's a lot of that stuff. And Trousers Nick is obviously one of the better ones. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are some interesting things that they put in there. I mean, it still feels like a kid's game as you're playing it, but there are some nods to adults would definitely understand more so than yeah, like uh, the secret sex children. scene. I'm kidding. There's no secret <laughs> yeah. sex. I'll oh. say, oh, oh, what are we playing? Know. GTA Four or Three? GTA Four. <laughs> No, ukulele is way oh, yeah, the, the, co- the coffee thing or whatever. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. There's the graphics are great. I mean, it's a really nice looking game. Um, the platforming is pretty solid. They make a nice use of all the abilities that you have as you unlock them. Like you you go to a certain area and you're you try to platform this section and you're like, I can't get up this. Well, it's because you need to get a move set unlocked to eventually be able to get up to that point so yeah so that that was that was that was interesting and um the the characters have a lot of personality but the voices are so annoying like really yeah they drive me nuts because it's all text text on the screen but the voices just like yeah that kind of that kind of thing and even yuka and Laylee are just driving me nuts so anytime i'm just like clicking through trying to like mash through the the voices so i don't hear them anymore that's kind of sad because i loved like Again, being so close to Banjo Kazooie, I loved when you'd hear "Go, huh?" Right? <laughs> that, that, that right there. Yes, it's something endearing about it. But I guess aging with the industry, that does get annoying fast. Like, what would a bat sound like? Yeah, high pitched, high pitched sonar screeches. High yeah. pitched sonar screeches to find it's out where like, it's going. No, something like that. Um, one of the one of the things one of the comments that was in there was uh, look lately there's a pagey and a cagey amazing that's the get the kind fuck of out of here yeah, <laughs> yeah I there. thank you for thank you thank you so much it's, it's, it's uh, across, funny like, fuck you PC throw it away <laughs> yeah. I would throw my I would throw my controller at the TV in anger so um, Ugh. there's also this thing called tonics that you can go to this tonic machine which reminds me of bioshock a lot except it's an actual character it's not a machine but it's basically a vending machine that has a that can talk and you go up to this character and you can purchase these tonics that give you boosts or enhancements to your character so it could be like an extra heart level or whatever to get more um you know to be stronger whatever ability stuff yeah are they permanent uh they are but there's only a certain amount you can have so, but it sounds like there's a lot going over on. Time. It sounds like there's a lot going on as far as like your level up ways of getting moves or yeah, there's some there's some like RPG ish kind of elements that come into play. It's not obviously as deep as most games, but it has that kind of feeling to it. Um, and the other thing that bothered me about the game was the camera. The camera is awful. <sighs> It's really bad, and apparently they're bringing out a patch when this that's, game actually comes out. That's kind of crucial. To fix it, but for platformers, yes. Like yeah. there was there was things I was trying to do that I literally could not do it because the camera was screwing up on me. Like it, I would fall back down a hill, and I was supposed to rush back up the hill really quickly, but the camera would flip around the direction I wasn't supposed to be facing, and just threw me off, and I couldn't jump up. Or there's a part where I was like jumping up these ramps that were like a seesaw so they would go back and forth so you have to push your weight onto one side or the other and then do a flying leap over to another platform and then do the same thing again on that one to like go up the side of this building and 
I would do that. But then if I jumped to the other platform, the camera would like shift to where I then had to like rethink my mind in a split second and not fall off to go the direction opposite of the direction I was going on the previous platform because the camera would shift around in a weird way. And that stuff just drove me nuts. But I, I didn't follow any of that. I, didn't, I know. I, I mean, that sounds like shit. But exactly. So the camera's garbage, bottom line. The camera's garbage. So, But there's a huge patch that's coming out next week that's supposed to fix a lot of that. So I hope it does mm, that's and good. solves that problem. Haven't we talked but, about day one patches before? Yep, we did. We did extensively mm. so um well basically what i've decided with this game if you like banjo kazooie it's awesome i mean it has that feel and play of banjo kazooie through and through if you like that game play it however i'd still delay this game until they fix some of the issues with it the voices i can get past a little bit because the platforming is very interesting um the worlds are very interesting and it just has this nostalgia trip that I really like, but they, they got to fix some of the bugs in it. Cause there are some very bucky moments that make it almost unplayable sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. I can I imagine that. I'm also waiting for the switch version. Although, uh, I don't think we're talking about it today. Snake pass. We're not talking about snake pass. No, today. not yet. I didn't get okay. to play it yet. Um, I'm, it's more of like a porting to switch thing. Uh, and it seems there's issues on normal consoles and PC as well, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it just because of what you said. I mean, the banjo, Nostalgia, I think yep. it's uh, worthy enough to buy it, but maybe I'll maybe I'll wait a little bit. But yep. delay, I can understand that. Yeah. So awesome. Oh, and there's also one thing I had to mention. They make some nods to other games. So there's a part where you go up to like this big, huge arcade machine, and you can play like an old school top-down Mario Kart kind of game <laughs> where oh. you like move your character around and stuff like that. I love and then that. Shovel Knight, the actual character of Shovel Knight, was in the game. And you had to go to a quest to find his shovel, which leads us into... Shovel Knight would never lose his shovel. Yeah, he would never lose his trusty shovel. Trusty trowel. Well, his trusty Knight. trowel. Yeah, because he just fell in this world and he's like, my shovel disappeared. I don't know what happened to it. Bullshit. So that, would never, it. that would never happen. Well, This game's yeah. useless. I'm not playing it now. This game is useless. <laughs> I'm sorry. These tickets you came here are useless. So anyway, yeah, shovel I, uh, <laughs> I revisited Shovel Knight. I haven't oh. played any of the DLC, so I'm just kind of running through the uh, OG game again on Switch. The OG game. If you haven't played Shovel Knight, I really suggest you try and pick it up. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead to the dig part and say that it's a dig. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Basically, so it's, it's basically done. we're yeah. talking about Shovel Knight. All right, yeah. Uh, anyway. Every, everyone here agrees. Shovel Knight's Next amazing. Song. Next so song. Next song. <laughs> Shovel Knight is a game by Yacht Club Games. It came out in 2014. And it's basically like a greatest hits of the 816-bit uh, era Metroidvania types. Uh, it's more Mega Man than anything. At least that's what I would liken it to. And Mega Man 2 and 3 are some of my favorite games ever. Yeah. Uh, the game is just like you'd expect. There's like a bunch of bosses. There's uh, just platforming involved. There's fighting involved with your uh, little handy shovel. Um, the world is like really, really pretty, just like you'd expect an 18, 16-bit game to be, especially a modern 8, 16-bit game. But if you've played any of those games, any Metroid games, Castlevanias, even up to Symphony of the Night, Mega Man's 1 through X basically, uh, you'd you'd very much enjoy this game. It's like I said, a greatest hits. The combat is simple yet difficult, just like in the Mega Man games. There's projectiles you have to dodge. Uh, there's combos you can make, and uh, every time you beat a boss, you get the ability to get a new power. Although in Shovel Knight, they do it to where you can purchase it before. Um, world is full of life. It's super quirky. Like think about like the overworld of Super Mario 
mixed with Mega Man and makes it just makes it look a little bit prettier, I guess. Like it's just a really pretty game. Yeah. And there, you just fight a bunch of knights, just like in Mega Man. You fight a bunch of other uh, Mega Men. I don't even know what they're called. Mega Bros. Um, mega Mega Bros. <laughs> mega Bros. Uh, but I mean, it's exactly like those games. So if you've played those and you're interested in them really at all, then this game is is definitely for you. I do appreciate that they didn't stick with the tried and true formula. Kind of like right now we talked about ukulele. Uh, it kind of just followed those same kind of tropes and, and really just wanted to be another banjo game, which is fine. Uh, although they added in, you know, the expanding of worlds and a couple of other things, but shovel Knight, there's a, a surprising amount of depth, even though it is just a mega man, Castlevania Metroid game with like these non-intrusive upgrades that you can get a little bit better armor or like a little bit better shovel and some like power ups to those things. But they're not like super necessary. Um, small fixes to the to the general formula of Mega Man with like telegraphic attacks and all those kinds of things, uh, but not to the point of like truly innovating within the space. Say like a Salt and Sanctuary uh, type game, which is basically a Dark Souls side scroller. Um, like some of the like you learn movement patterns just like in any other game, but the movement patterns are all the same. Like I've played every Mega Man game and I've seen everything in this game before except some of the mechanics and powers. But uh, it's also multiplayer, which makes it that much better. Only on That's Switch, insane. though, I think. Okay. I, don't, I, think it's, I can't even wrap my head around the thought of playing Shovel Knight multiplayer. Like, yeah, There's I already no so much like. going on. I think it's only the bosses. Not the bosses. It's only like the boss levels. So any of the, the in-between stuff, you can't do multiplayer. But Interesting. I can imagine it uh, to an extent. I don't know mm. if like the enemies get harder, but I haven't been able to play with anyone just yet because no one... Uh, wants to play Shovel Knight with me because no one likes Mega Man of my immediate friends that are in Austin. Yeah, but I'm the same way. I'm multiplayer sorry. is a thing. It is a thing, and it's really, really cool. Uh, music. Oh, I like music. I love 8-bit music. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. That soundtrack. A, that soundtrack for Shovel Knight is solid. Gets me it's high so, so every good, time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about it. It's just. That's probably the thing that the thing that's evolved the most. Just like traditional 8-bit music, which is like very standard. Just like. You know, early rock and hip hop was just very simple beats, very simple rhymes, like that kind of stuff. Now, eight bit music is like like going all crazy and stuff. And <laughs> there's like a whole lot of new types of sounds they've incorporated in there, and like some drum tracks and a bunch of cool stuff. It's done by a guy named Jake Kaufman, who's done the Shantae games, other Metroidvania type games, modern TMNT games. He got his start on like Qbert, and he's also working on that uh, Symphony of the Night successor game we talked about like Ooh. a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, uh, that's one of my right. favorite Castlevanias. Yeah, it was and hot. it's a very, very good one. And hot like, ticket. music is great. I actually just listened to the soundtrack on my Spotify. That's nice. how good it is. But with every game, there's a, a, a few weaknesses. And like I mentioned before, there's not a whole lot of innovation within the like uh, enemy attacks, enemy patterns. Like there's some enemies that just bounce around the screen, like pretty standard. Like if you, like I used to use Game Maker when I was a kid. You could easily telegraph that kind of stuff. You just say, okay, you hit a wall and then you bounce like 45 degrees off. And it seems like there's a lot of those enemy types. Whereas in Mega Man, there was at least some level of, uh, I guess, randomness to it. Spontaneity. But otherwise, like the bosses are cool. Mm. They're really interesting. The sprites are very pretty. And there's a reason why Shovel Knight is, is regarded as one of the, the premier games of the last five years. And it's because it is a greatest hits album of you know, everything you loved as a child. And like I mentioned earlier... It's a super dig. The one I bought comes with the two DLC packs and uh, will allow you to play one of the others when it comes out. I don't know. I think it's King Knight is the next one. 
So that would like complete the whole package. So you'd have four full length like Mega Man games for twenty five bucks, which is a steal. That is a really that's a yeah. Rocket is that the one deal. you got, Charlie? This is the same version, uh, or did you get the other one? Yeah, I got the one on the Switch, Shovel Knight. But I, okay. after I beat that one, I'm gonna move on to the Specter Knight game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, it's called Treasure Trove, and it Treasure basically Trove. has Treasure every Trove. single one. And there's gonna be another wow. one coming out at some point. But I really want to try out that multiplayer. It's it stinks that it. I don't yeah. think it's a an online thing, but. Couch if you co-op. have someone, yeah, next, yeah. Uh, if you have someone next to you who, who wants to play it, you can. And this game actually plays pretty well on the side Joy-Con, which I was a little bit afraid of because these are the types of games you'd want to play with the two separate Joy-Con setup. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, actually. I'm kind of happy that 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 does work as advertised. That's good. That. But yeah, it's a super dig. It's only twenty five for all of them, or nine ninety nine for the original Shovel Knight, which is also a steal. That is, a, yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. That's what I've been really happy about. I mean, obviously, we're gonna get like AAA titles coming to this at some point, but they've had all the games that have been coming out have been very affordable. Where I'm just like, I'm just gonna drop some money well, on this. Sh- like, like Luis mentioned earlier, Shovel Knight came out in 2014. That's three right. years ago. Yeah, and there are still titles that are three years old that are still going for mega like right. like full full price game still like you can get uh rocket league still for Ooh. uh 20 to 25 bucks yeah and they do it right with the free dlc and with the free oh, yeah. dlc yeah. and now you're looking at shovel knight which is 9.99 on its own or you can get the full pack which that full pack just in general just sounds like an amazing a bit of value yeah 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 I, I can definitely see myself getting the full worth out of it and i've played shovel knight before and I still am oh, okay paying again. twice for it. Uh, that game that got said, some mad replayability. It's yeah, my it's first time cool. playing Shovel Knight. It's my shovel Aww. cherry, you might say. Shovel <laughs> cherry, man, Brett. You really need to play some of these old school games, man. And that's why I'm really excited to start doing the. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh, well, to start talking more about video game history. But well, I'm excited uh, about what what the Switch has been doing because they're bringing out all these old games a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. Neo Geo is still dropping titles. Like weekly, it seems oh, yeah. like, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I've been playing, still playing a little Metal Slug and stuff like that, and getting oh, that. So that's you been just a lot hit me hard in the nostalgia nipple, man. <laughs> like Snake Pass can't. Well, that's not that's not Metal Neo Slug. Geo, but Snake Pass God. is like twenty dollars. So like these games are so far very affordable to buy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the exact reason why I bought this next game that I played. It's called Graceful Explosion Machine. Yes, it I'm came excited out about this. So it's that's such a rockin' a, name. I just have to say, right? Graceful well, Explosion what's, Machine. What's really cool all. about it is the acronym is Gem, and I'd say that this is a gem. Like it really, it's like mm. a hidden gem, a little bit. It's not like anything new. Like if you've played Razo Gun, anyway, yes, play that. Right, on the yeah. PS4? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the game was impeccable. Like it's probably the greatest shoot 'em up I've ever played, and probably oh, yeah. one of the best games on PS4 right now. But uh, Graceful Explosion Machine is like an easy to pick up, pretty to look at shoot 'em up. It's basically your little ship. And you're in this 2D space and there's enemies like coming at you, like hordes of enemies, and you have four different weapons that you can attack them with. You have a circular sword that spins around you to take away like some of the smaller enemies that are coming at you and to deflect uh, bullets and projectiles back at enemies. You have a like super beam that's basically a sniper rifle. You have your general blaster. You have homing rockets. And there's one more that I'm missing. Actually, no, there is another one. The blaster is the one that takes the place of it. So you basically are in this very chaotic space shooting up all of these other Ooh. ships. And the goal is to not get hit and to keep your multiplier moving up and up and up and up and up. And you move that multiplier up by hitting more enemies successively, by using different attacks to kill different enemies. And like I said, not getting hit. 
and I don't think there's a time component to it, but it's just your traditional shoot 'em up is what it is. It looks so um, uh, uh, pixel junk shooter almost. Yeah. It does look like pixel junk shooter. Yeah, there's vibrant. a lot of colors. On yeah, here, very, which very, is really very awesome. vibrant colors. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things about it. In fact, it's pretty to look at, and it's just neat. The sound effects are pretty spot on, and I think what is one of its biggest strengths is that, but it's also one of its biggest weaknesses is if you just look at it, uh, Devin, if you, I don't know if you have that photo still in front of you, but yeah. can you imagine like some of the 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 lack of texture or, or lack of depth coming into play when looking for projectiles and trying Ooh. to avoid certain enemies? Yeah. yeah. That happens a lot. So the screen and gets a little busy? Well, uh, the busy's yeah. fine because, in fact, that's what a shoot 'em up supposed to do. Like in Razor Gun, I always know what's going on because it's pretty identifiable what's a projectile and what isn't. In this game, it can kind of get a little bit muddy. Yeah. But even then, when you're able to use like your circular sword, that almost negates that weakness. But it can get a little frustrating when you're on a roll, you're on a roll, you're at 15 times multiplier, and then you get hit by like a stray enemy ship, and you're like, that motherfucker was gone. Like, I killed that guy, and <laughs> you didn't because you couldn't see him because there's yeah. so much shit going on on the screen. Oh, bastards. Well, well, and um, being, being flat. It's like it's a flat art space, so you yeah. have. I mean, once the, if the color is meld together, it looks like one piece, and you don't yeah. really know what's what's happening there. Where Resogun mm-hmm. had a very distinct. I mean, it was it had three D elements to it, so it was a lot more clear. Yeah, Resogun had like a lot everything. of depth of field kind yeah. of stuff working for it, this whole. Is flat this a uh, co op game like two pl- two player? That's the unfortunate thing. It's only one player. Oh man, it's they have to patch that. I, in. I didn't actually didn't write that down, but. There's quite a few weaknesses, unfortunately. I mean, it's a very easy to pick up, pretty look at game. It's easy to play, but uh, Razor Gun's better. So if you only have money for one, then probably buy Razor Gun. Yeah. Buy Housemark games. Mm. Uh, they're making a new game, by the way, that's very similar. Um, it's not very accessible because it's only one player, and there's only 36 levels. So not only can you not play with somebody else, but you can only play 36 levels, and you can only just get higher and higher scores. How long does so a level last? Not, um, I'd say about like three minutes. Okay. Jesus. But it's, it's more of like how you approach it, right? Right. You get ranked just like any other game. So you can get all the way up to an S rank, I believe. Right now I'm like at A minuses for all of mine. I've only played through the first world. But I can see the, the draw for some people. And for $12.99, like you can get quite a bit out of this. Um, it is a dig for me despite the, the shortcomings, but... My hope is that they see I, I've, the developer name escapes me right now. I think it's like Vertex Pop or something like that. I've I actually tweeted at them because they don't have side Joy-Con uh, compatibility, so you can't take mm. off one Joy-Con and use it. And I think that would oh, be more yeah. natural for me. But I can understand why because it's not two-player. But yeah, at Vertex the same time, Pop. That's the name. I think it'd be really cool. And if they somehow add in a multiplayer aspect, and I mean maybe they bump up the price for that or something, or like it's a like a two dollar DLC of some kind. Yeah. I'd gladly pay for that because this is a type of game I'd love to play in that space. Or even like a four player uh same screen, kind of like a uh deathmatch kind of thing. Mm. Right. Uh where you just kind of shoot each other and then try and uh try and go up. Um, they'd have to change some of the powers like using that circular thing. Uh it wouldn't really make sense to have that in there, the circular sword. But um yeah it's a great game. Again, it's only twelve ninety nine, and I think you can get quite a lot of value out of that if you like score attack games, which I do. It's the only shoot 'em up outside of uh, maybe like the Metal Slug, Neo Geo ports. But for a new title on the Switch, this type of quality is is got me kind of excited moving forward. Because if 
I'm getting one of these games a week. I can see myself playing one of these <laughs> games a week. Like that's what's yeah. kind of scary. And yeah. I still have Zelda, which is untouchable. That's hope. Um, that's hopefully forever. a good sign for the Nintendo like indie market kind of thing. Like to see new titles yeah. being you know pretty consistently released to the point where it'll get better and better and better, and we see more and more titles uh, come out for a wonderful portable handheld gaming machine. Yeah, I think it guarantees that for sure because think of all the titles on Steam, how many thousands and thousands and thousands of those yeah. are just indie games. Like everyone now can port those if they wanted to and if they do it with the polish that say a graceful explosion machine has or even uh Shovel Knight. I mean Shovel Knight runs exactly the same. Yeah. Then I can imagine this becoming a machine that is almost unable to be put down because there are so many titles at the palm of your hands. That's awesome. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Or in the palm of your hand. Cool. Yep, to dig. And uh, if y'all want to pick it up, I think y'all should. Uh, I think I will. Just for the totally art style. You sold me, stuff. cowboy. Yeah. Totally worth it, man. And let's look at some videos. It's exactly what you'd expect. It's just a shoot 'em up. And there's a dash <laughs> as well. Dashing is cool. Cool. That's a uh, a Dark Souls nod because I like dodging. Yeah. Which you can do in this game. Who awesome. Like increased mobility. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we are going to wrap up this segment, take a break, come back and talk about some gaming news. Yeah, there's so, a whole lot. Oh, there is a whole there's lot. some stuff to cover. So stay tuned. We'll be back. We'll be back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the gaming news segment of our awesome, exciting Podcast. You almost caught it the awesome inner gamer again. I didn't know. You, I you almost did. did. I almost did. I was like, wait uh-huh. a minute. Yeah. I don't want Devin to say anything, so I got to change. <laughs> I don't want Devin to give name me shit. change. Yes, we should so, just change so. it, dude. Like, let's just add in like the inner and then in parentheses again. So it'd be like the inner and then another parentheses. <laughs> awesome. awesome gamer. It'll be open brackets parentheses. Oh, that's right. Awesome parentheses. It'll be like semicolon code. It'll be like lines of code. It'll be awesome. Oh Ampersand. God. That's awful. Awesome. <laughs> Gamer. And then an asterisk at the bottom, like, this means nothing. This means absolutely nothing. Uh, anyway. Part two. Gaming news. So, uh, actually, video game releases. So, oh, yeah. we have Stupid. one game coming out between <laughs> tomorrow, the, well, the Wednesday after you listen to this, yep. up until the next Tuesday. And it is next Tuesday, April 18th. We have Telltale's next game, Guardians of the Galaxy, on PS4, Xbox One, PC, iOS, and Android. Yep. I don't really have to say much about this other than it's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's Telltale. Bad guy. You know you're going to get a very... It's got the humor. There's yeah. Groot. Uga mean... Chaka. <laughs> I'm not... Again, I'm going to reiterate, I'm not a fan of the way that Drax looks. He looks very... I Wasn't he did, supposed to I be I completely green? agree. Maybe. I'm not in the sure. Comics, but they didn't want him to look like the Hulk in the show. So they oh. Made him that that darker be. gray. Yeah. Maybe. Didn't want to confuse us poor fans. Uh, yeah, because we couldn't do... Is that Hulk standing there with them? With them? Why is the Hulk in this movie? No, it's obviously not the case. But either way, it's Telltale. They've got a great track record with like 90% of their games. Um, even their game that's not that great is still pretty good. Uh, the Game of Thrones one. Yeah, I never finished that one because yeah, it wasn't the best. But no. everything else I played has been fantastic. And Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, I like that it's pulling away from the comic book art style and they're kind of going more 3D. I hope there's, I hope that looks well when it actually plays. Yeah. So, and I'm interested to see what kind of story they're going to tell because Guardians of the Galaxy, at least you know we're going from um, 
everyone's probably writing off the memory of the movie, which is very spectacle driven and there's lots of flashy colors and explosions and spaceships and lots of lots of the uh, aesthetics going on chris so, pratt oh and chris pratt and who chris doesn't love pratt. chris pratt so is he voicing this one i don't know if he is or i have I, I, i'm not I have, sure i have no I have to look into that i'm kind of curious but either way i mean it's gonna be awesome drops i'll play it and it's good good break yeah. in between that and the uh volume two which is coming out at some point i don't know yeah. when it's coming out yeah i think later this year yeah it'll, it'll be coming soon so that, that'll be fun but uh anyway so that's all the games we got actually to talk about coming out but we have some bigger news yep. even more so than what we talked about project scorpio the microsoft upcoming console yep. has announced their specs and, and holy shit it's a yeah. beast for a console it is quite a beast so they've come out, they brought out the specs for the Scorpio, compared them to the Xbox One, the PS4 Pro, and as expected, it is much beefier than the Xbox One yep. and even beefier on another level than the PS4 Pro. Yeah. So some things to note here is it has eight cores clocked at <laughs> 2.3 gigahertz apiece. The PS4 Pro, in comparison, has eight cores clocked at 2.1. The RAM, however... There's only 8 gigs of RAM on the PS4 Pro. There's 12 gigs of RAM on the Scorpio, which to PC people doesn't mean a lot because most of the time if you're building a gaming PC, it's like a 16 gig uh, system. However, it's using GDDR5, which is very technical and stuff like that. But basically, that's the next level of RAM. Like right now, I think mine's got DDR3. So this is like two steps forward in the DDR levels of memory and whatnot so it's this is a very powerful it's a very very powerful little machine it is beefy and it's got a 4k uhd blu-ray drive inside of it so um this is exciting i mean my hope with microsoft with this is that they can bring this out and actually have a good first party games lineup to make it look great i mean yeah that's what they really need to work on right now because they as we've talked about before they haven't had a good first party lineup in a while that's right. been solid other than like gears of war and things like that so i'm hoping to see three we find that hey guys check out all this stuff that we've been developing that shows how badass games can look on a console system so how much is this going to cost that is the big question that is the big my question. guess is 500 500 you really think they're gonna do the five bills i think they are there's i mean maybe maybe i'm wrong and i'd like to be proved wrong unless they take like a mega loss but there's absolutely no way this customization in a system like this much customization in a system goes for 399 like the ps4 pro does no i I don't think there's a way in hell that that's possible yeah i also don't know how big it is they showed what it looks like assembled but they didn't show like any sort of scale (laughs) like a yeah. banana or something for scale <laughs> as you see on reddit most days but i i agree with you brett like i don't see any first party titles coming from xbox anytime soon i like the whole play anywhere thing but they just they don't have studios like sony has been grooming their studios since back in the playstation one playstation two days i mean yeah. naughty dog has been there forever and now naughty dog is like the studio whereas microsoft had bungie and now bungie's gone they had um, who were the people who did uh, was it Gear Gear or something Gearbox people who did a oh, riot it was no, not riot oh, right wait who did a uh, uh, Gears of War sorry Epic Games yes Epic Games yeah, they don't have right. Epic anymore Epic can do whatever the hell they want they now it's uh, 
somebody else doing it. And then like 343 is doing Halo. So like they don't have first party studios that can do anything. So as much as this is great, I love like if, if Xbox Scorpio comes out and it's, you know, as incredible as people are saying and they somehow get games on there, maybe I'll get it. But I still don't have any reason aside from maybe it looking better to play any games on there because I right. have a PlayStation that can play them just fine. One interesting thing to note about this, they did come out and send an update that says that all existing Xbox games, including Xbox One backwards compatible titles, all of them will run smoother, look better, and load faster without an update or work from developers. So oh, unlike right. the PS4 Pro, which basically if you needed if you want to make it for PS4 Pro, you had to provide an update that said this is for PS4 Pro. They're going to make every game that's in their library plug and play. Plug and play better looking, run better, faster, et cetera. Interesting. So, Plus with the cloud, you could play games that you had been playing on the Xbox One for years right. and now play them on the Scorpio. Like, you never skip to beat. Yeah, yeah. That is exciting. That so, is exciting. Yeah, that really is. That'll be interesting it, to see what they do with that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I personally really want to get it. I know that there's no titles on it, right, that are like the big draw to it, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm loyal to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I, know you I can are. understand that, and yeah. there's—I mean, I'll probably end up getting it, to be honest. But <laughs> at the same time, I don't really have anything in particular pulling me there. So if I had been in the Xbox e- ecosystem, you know, throughout this entire generation on the Xbox One, and I already had all these backwards compatible games, like you know, loaded onto my thing, or all these games that I got for free with Xbox Live Gold or games with Gold, then this would make me a little more willing to just jump right in and i do because i have a shitload of games with gold sitting in my library oh yeah i guess my like i guess my issue is like as someone who say doesn't already have a console right now right like what is exactly the draw then like it's a super beefy console sure but i can play all my old games yeah like that's someone who hasn't had anything it would appeal to someone like maybe someone who had a 360 and just didn't buy another console Mm. to jump in and buy this like immediately Mm -hmm. but like 4k tvs aren't everywhere yet uh and at 500 which i imagine if it's 399 i'm gonna buy it like day one there's no doubt about it like i will buy it just to have it (laughs) but outside of that like at least i'll have a blu-ray player right because i don't have a 4k (laughs) blu-ray player with my stupid ps4 pro i know it's crazy Uh, how does that even happen i think like like we've all said the biggest concern is the games Um, yeah but it's incredible like it's 43 percent like all things considered 43 percent better like on all fronts than the ps4 pro yeah it's it's a one and a half time ps4 pro that's insane i i can't wait till they release like the the pc uh equivalent of it like they made a build a pc build that said this is what the ps4 pro is in a pc form and they kind of said oh look it's it's cheaper as a ps4 pro i wonder what it's going to look like from a pc side in terms of the scorpio like what the equivalent pc is going to look like right that's interesting yeah i'll I'll be really curious to see my my biggest thing is going to be how will they develop the form factor like if they can make this look the size of the xbox one s but cram all that stuff into it i mean i'll I'll buy it because i think the xbox one is too big of a system like it's it's a huge piece of hardware it's a big old brick and yeah and the the s brick is sure. like <laughs> perfect size for me like yeah. i wish i would have waited yeah. for the s if i were to like same go back and buy it again but if they can make that work or just make it just a tiny bit bigger like that'll be awesome like mm-hmm. I'll, i i would be interested in getting that so it'll be a very good e3 this year 
Because Switch yeah, is going to be dropping sure. a bunch of stuff. Yep. Microsoft's going to show up with all their Scorpio technology. And PS4 has got a, I mean, they got a bunch of awesome first party titles, right. but they got to figure out how to combat this new system that's coming out that is now better than theirs. Bigger and, and better. Yeah. yeah. And not so. to knock it, but that, that E3 for Microsoft might be something that is a, a surprise for us as far as, you know, some titles that they can come out with. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping for the best, that's for sure. Cool. So uh, moving on to our next topic of conversation, Twitch has come out and announced that players can now buy games on Twitch. So a lot of people spend a lot of time on Twitch all day long, and Twitch was like, let's let's expand this further and open up to being a platform for purchasing a game. So I see a future where like streamers will be playing said game and then right below their stream, they'll have an option to purchase this game. And that's actually what they're working on. So streamers will be able to partner with Twitch and by playing a game and having it as a purchase option, they'll receive 5% of the proceeds with 70% going to the developers. So this opens up the option for the developers getting money off the game the streamer who is promoting the game, getting money for promoting said game, and then Twitch obviously getting some get a little slice, slice as well. The audience so. benefits too because their lazy ass doesn't have to go look it up in the Microsoft <laughs> Store or some shit. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Skip That's all a, that crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what's funny is I I was talking with somebody the other day about Twitch and how they were like, I just don't get it, and I'm. I kind of had to explain to the person, like, look, like, not everybody is going to buy a game based off of a trailer. Not everybody's going to buy a game based off of reviews. Some, sometimes these people just really want to see what a game is like hands-on. And where can they go for that? Well, yeah, you can go YouTube videos of Let's Plays, but Twitch is a nice, like, hands-on, quick, easy to log in and check out what a what a game is like. What's the community like? What a what a, what do how do people play this game? And so I was after explaining that, it kind of became clear that oh, this is a really big community of not just games. I mean, you can go on Twitch for damn near anything now. Yeah, like how how to build a PC? Twitches, I'm sure. Sure, but. Well, and these these Twitchers, like, they create such a strong community that follows them through thick and thin with everything that they do. So by having this game as, like, say, a Firewatch developer, like, having a streamer streaming their game and having a purchase option right there, people are more trusting of buying this game knowing they're going to get a good value out of it because they trust this person that's streaming it. Right. So, like, they've... Absolutely. That point of... The sales are going to be much like yeah, like I trust sure. I trust Luis's opinion, so I'll buy games that he plays. I don't trust Brett's, so I'm not going to play his stupid Fuck games. That guy. Yeah, Damn. that's accurate, man. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> just like yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, that's I'm true. sorry, that's true. I, it was just an off the cuff remark, but I didn't oh, expect it to be a gosh. Well, I'm I'm never buying Dark Souls because of what whatever you said. So. That's fine. But uh, could handle it. It's interesting that they're yeah. doing this, but I'm um, I'm very concerned still that it's once you bring money into the situation with Twitch, to how where mu- yeah. people are going to be people are going to be like, well, hey, I will give you X amount of dollars, ten thousand dollars to promote my game on your you're, channel. You're, you're now oh, going to yeah. find like we've we've reached that point. We're going to find video game lobbyists. Yes, yes. we're going to find video game lobbyists. Yeah, like it's going to be insane. It's but I hope I, I but, hope not. It's a it's a great idea. Honestly, we're t- time's gonna tell. Yep. We're gonna have to see this in practice. I agree. 
So that's coming down the line. Mm. We'll be seeing that soon. And then next up, on a similar note, actually, uh, we have Valve, which yep. obviously they make uh, Steam, which is one of the the largest PC game buying platforms. You heard of Steam? Anybody heard of PC. Steam? Huh? Anybody know what that what is? is? That? It's that? very awesome. And they've been going through a lot of changes because their library has gotten so large that it's really, really challenging to find games that are worth playing on there. And they have the Steam Greenlight system that we've talked about in the past that they're yeah. going to get a ri- get rid of because at the beginning, the system was basically, hey, here's some games. People can uh, upvote it or downvote it or whatever. And if it gets enough uh, support, it will become a game and get greenlit to be on the store. Right. Well, that got to the point where there was just a bunch of crap getting out onto the, the store. Well, you'd have people trying to make games, you know, indie developers trying to get their titles out there, and you'd have a lot of people from Kickstarter, especially, was just whoring themselves out, like, donate to us making this game, and once we get, like, a, a, a closed beta open or an open beta out there, uh, go on to Steam and just upvote it so we can get greenlit kind of thing. And it's it's just this flood of, like, people who don't even know if the game's good or not. They just needed upvotes on Steam to where they could get the green light and yeah it's ju- it's just a huge flood of like is this game good is it worth it we don't know but we're gonna go ahead and upvote it so this game can come out and of course not every game's gonna be good right right so what what they've done and i i've been thinking about this a lot lately too because you know we I mean, we have this podcast, so we spend a lot of time researching all these games that are really awesome and exciting. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. with play, the console systems, you have the PS Plus, which basically kind of curates good games that you may not have discovered that are indie games. Same with Xbox Games for Gold. They have that platform. They don't have that necessarily on Steam. And Steam brought out this thing where um, they have a queue, essentially, that helps you discover games that you may be interested in based on your prior uh, gameplay experience, things that you've looked at, all that stuff. And then they also came out and announced their Steam Direct service, which is going to more or less monetize the, the system of getting onto the Steam platform. So you can pay money to now be approved to go onto the system. And there's different tiers and levels that you can pay to, I think it, if I remember correctly, get more visibility and stuff like that to kind of weed out the fake games. So that was something that they're trying to do to get rid of the crap. But now the next problem is how do people find these games that have been approved and are really good, but there's so many of them out there that they can't see it. So they're announcing, and this is a long-winded way to get to this explanation, <laughs> but Steam Explorers is their new platform that they're going to propose. And Steam Explorers is basically going to be a way for volunteers to come in play games that are undiscovered, flag them as their favorites, and give them a bump in rankings. And this this is a, a test, obviously, to kind of right. see how this, how this works out. But um, curators who help build these lists and play through these games, can um, they can add their own game videos that can be used in search functions to have people sit through the catalog. Developers can also contact curators directly through the platform, which would um, help to prevent some fraud that's popped up in the past. Right. And curators will also get insights and analytics about how their links have affected game sales. And there's a chance that Valve may actually give kickbacks to these volunteers to the most active or influential users in the program. So it's kind of like Twitch 
influencers, but in just playing games in general. So like I could see these YouTubers and Twitch streamers jumping into this program, getting a part of the curators program, and then essentially making extra revenue on the side of what they're already doing by just streaming and advertising and stuff like that. Anybody remember their parents yelling at them? You're not, you're not ever going to be able to make money playing video games. Oh, yes. quit, quit playing them games. You're Always. Not gonna be able- <laughs> and guess what? Guess who's wrong? Look at me, Ma. I got a fucking job, okay? <laughs> Doing what I love. So that's like a twofold thing then. Because if, yeah. if, if I'm a Twitch streamer and I'm a popular Twitch streamer and I sell games on my Twitch, then I'm also a Valve Steam influencer. I can make a bajillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. You really could. That is a realistic figure. Yeah, like you can is. be like you could review a game. You can review a game and like recommend it on Steam and then sell that game on Twitch and you just made like a bajillion dollars, dude. dude like that's one crazy. bajillion. Like one zero zero zero. I'm kidding. I don't know how many <laughs> Say, that's, let's let's not do that. Let's not sit through that number. I kinda like this. I think this is gonna be it's gonna be met with some criticism because I think there's a potential for some games to kind of just, you know get pushed aside because there's still the, the reality is there's still a whole bunch of games on on steam yeah but i don't know I, i'm curious to see if they're gonna is it, it's in pilot right now or is it already started yeah it's not it's not out yet it's not even set in stone but this is kind of the ideas they're playing with so it sounds well yeah, thought out <clears throat> yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens um but uh, so it actually, so it originally started as a curator's program, which was just people that were brought on. But this new revision of that is where anybody can sign up for it. So you don't have to be an influencer. You don't have to be somebody that already has a name out there. You can sign up however you want. And then you're now part of a set of forums for sharing titles and setting up multiplayer matches to test out these games and right. upload them and things like that. That's interesting. So um, I'm sure basically, you have to stay constant with it though. Like they're not going to let someone be a curator and then the guy just posts like, Oh, one thing every three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they're like, have to be active in the community. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Give a damn. Well, yeah. And well, especially if 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 you're an influencer, like people are going to be listening to your yeah. to your opinion, and that's that would turn that would turn playing video games into a damn job. You got to be Johnny on the spot and make sure that you're telling people your opinion on so many different titles, whether they be AAA, you know, front of the front of the spotlight industry stuff, or if it's the 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 newest of the indie games that no one's heard about yet. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we get more people focusing on the indie games and bring some of those great games to light, like where the water tastes like wine. Oh, my God. Like I want it so bad. So it'll be or good. no truce with the Furies. No truce with the Furies. If you don't know about either of those games, head over to our YouTube channel and check out our video interviews that Devin did. with. I interviewed both of those devs, and they're incredibly nice, and those games are amazing, and I wish I was back at PAX South just sitting playing those games. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't it South by Southwest? South by Southwest. <laughs> We've been There's to just we've, so many. That it's just a, well, we've, it's actually kind of a like a blessing and a curse. We've been to a lot of cons lately. Yeah, it's good, and it's not ending. And it's not o- and it's not over yet. It never. Anyway, ends. last article of the day, Devin. You want to kick this one off? Oh man, uh, Gearbox threatens to kill partnership with shady key dealer unless they change their ways. Um, uh, Gearbox has been under fire a bit for a uh, partnership they have with a key resale site at uh, uh, the... Co- it's a site called G2A. Um, yeah, and it's bad, too. It's, I agree. Yeah. Um, 
it got so bad to where popular uh, online personalities are threatening to stop covering uh, Gearbox's titles unless they change something. Um, basically, if you like, does anybody, everybody know what G2A is? Yeah, it's like, it's, I mean, it's like basically a site that allows you to purchase digital Steam keys or keys in general, and they're at highly discounted prices. And there's some weird, nobody really knows how they get these keys. It's kind of like a shady. It's like, like a back alley deal. Back yeah, alley, it's, back alley it's a back thing. alley like gaming you can go deal. Go on there, and like they have games that are like brand new that you can get for like half price, and it's a, just a key that they give you and distribute to you that you use. And you know, I think there's been talks of it, like they get them from people that have stolen the keys or whatever, you know. And yeah, it's it's a shady, shady website. I've never bought off of it, so I'm proud of you. Thank you. But yeah, you know, uh, Gearbox is a very popular. Very, very popular company. So they've made some of my favorite games of all time, and it it does suck to you know that they've had to come under fire for this. But again, when when you love something, you want it to be you know pure and honest, and especially like a dev company, you want them to be held accountable for their actions. So oh yeah, you know, I I like the idea of a community pushing back and again, holding this company accountable for something as shady as this because there are people out there who are spending their hard-earned money and to to placate to a community of people who have gotten a hold of some games in some not-so-reputable ways sends a message to its community about yeah. how it cares or doesn't care. And... To listen to your fan base and now like actually like give out you know feedback saying you know what you guys are all completely right we're sorry we are going to fix this whether they do or not you know who knows well the interesting thing about this story that it is weird to me is that they did this deal they got all the fan backlash and now they're basically saying like okay we're gonna back out of this deal unless you guys change your business model and your ways and things like that which right. is is a uh, odd i mean i don't know i don't i don't it just seems strange from both sides i feel like gearbox just kind of screwed up and they were like well now we're going to try and do this like awesome thing and like make the internet better by going after this just because they made a trying to overcorrect it yeah overcorrect it kind of thing and that's mm. it's interesting to see i don't know we'll see how it plays out but I love Gearbox. They they make great games, but I mean Battleborn wasn't received well and it's they're just I don't know what's been going on lately, but they've been having some struggles. So they have been. They they this they, doesn't uh, help. They they've hit a couple of hurdles along the track, so you know, maybe it's just maybe it just wasn't their year. Yeah. You know, maybe twenty sixteen and uh, I mean, Borderlands three. That's all I want. Dude, that's all anybody wants. All anybody wants is twenty seventeen. Heck well, the, yeah. Or re- 20 say All anybody wants is Borderlands 3. Well, the re-release of... Uh, Bat- Why can't I remember the name of it? It was right there on the screen. Oh, the yeah. Battleborn? No, not no. Battleborn. Uh, Sorry. I closed it. Confusing me with it all was of gone. these links. It was gone. Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm. Bullet yeah, Storm. there we go. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I just played the game yesterday, and I can't even remember the fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah. But you know, it's nice, you know, with all this shit that's going on with them, they're still 
taking care of business and releasing games that deliver. How is it playing with uh, Duke Nukem? Oh, it's fan friggin' tastic. He's got this one quote or this one line that he said. Uh, he said, "Take a lick on the salty tank of doom, biker bimbos. Fuck yeah!" <laughs> That's the entire a, game is like that. I love it's that. Just, I love that. Just game. balls to the wall yeah, style. All just... one liners all the time. <laughs> It never, the entire it dialogue is all cheesy one-liners. That that terrific. sounds like a Duke Nukem kind of kind of line. Oh yeah, awesome. hell yeah, that's a Duke Nukem game. And yet I great. couldn't remember the title. <laughs> it's okay. It's been a while. It's been a while since it originally came out. I mean, it was it was it was, was it stuff. like Friday? Yeah. 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 Long time. <laughs> long long time. Things have happened a long time ago. Friday. But uh, anyway, so we'll we'll see how that kind of turns out. The Gearbox stuff, well, but um. Hey, uh, so uh, has anybody been to our website lately? Because uh, our uh, good editor-in-chief over here wrote an article. Yeah, I did. I wrote an article about a game that I'm obsessed with. It's called The Burning Beauty of Little Inferno. All right. I have to admit, Brett, when you first showed me this game, I was like, what am I looking at? I, I was, know. I was very confused. Yeah. It's like a salad fingers burn video game. shit all the time, and it's incredible but i don't want to reveal anything too deep about the article but essentially i talk about how little inferno seems like a game where you just sit there and throw things in a fire but then as you play it and discover more about it there's a deeper meaning to the whole entire game experience and it's it's awesome i mean it's one of the few games that i've played that has actually resonated so much with me about just life in general and it's it's very interesting how they they unveil this the the meaning that they're trying to tell and it's not very clear even when you get to the end it's still not very clear but as you start thinking about like what you experience through that like you start to see what the game is really all about and i was very excited because tomorrow corporation liked my article on the thing yeah. which they made the game so that was really exciting but uh it's 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 really cool so go check it out theinnergamer.net backslash read it's on there the burning beauty of little inferno and my screen just disappeared oh there it goes it's back Aww. so check it out it's really cool and fun and it was exciting. well written good Thank job you. appreciate it good job to Luis for editing yeah I had some as he does all of our articles. tips yep yep now I, when I first saw it I thought it was the burning booty of Little Inferno <laughs> and I thought it, yeah. is there something more to <laughs> the eye than this one uh, but yeah it's a fantastic article definitely go read it innergamer.net slash read I'd give you the full link but that's weird and long winded yep but that does conclude our news segment, guys. And if we didn't cover all of the top stories that you want to hear about, please email us your thoughts on this. Shoot us a message on social media, and we'll try to include these things on the next cast. In fact, there's a lot of esports going on recently, and I'm wondering if we're, we're going to hopefully get that in here pretty soon. RLCS for Rocket League is going on. Yeah, uh, there was a, a recent CSGO tournament that went pretty well. I was actually uh, just informed, actually, that... Uh, what game was it? There's a game right now that's... Re- UT Arlington, which is a university here, has, like, has their esports team as like number one in this league f- for esports. I forgot which which game it was, but they're like kicking, killing, kill, they're like I think the it's best Hearth, team. I think it's Hearthstone, actually. I, th- I it think might it's be Hearthstone. That. Oh, I don't nice. know. But they're like number one in the country, apparently, and it's UT Arlington, like close to home. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, that concludes everything uh, news related. We're going to jump right into our discussion topic in platformers three, two. One. Oh my god. Break. Oh god. You're listening to The Inner Gamer.
welcome back to the last segment of the Inner Gamer Podcast, the awesome Inner Gamer Podcast. <gasps> I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> it's too. a thing now. God it's a thing. Damn it. It's got to be a thing. So today on the cusp of Snake Pass coming out last week, which yep. we will review at some point in the next couple of weeks here, as well as Ukulele coming out when yep. you guys listen to this podcast and many other games that are coming out in the future or have come out, we want to talk about platformers, the state of platformers, and are they finally making a comeback? And for those of you that are unfamiliar with the platforming game, essentially they are games in which you go about, you know, solving challenges and puzzles and moving around a world and going from platform to platform, climbing things, solving puzzles, and gathering collectibles and things like that. Would you guys, like, elaborate a little bit, because you guys have played a lot more old-school platformers than I have. Uh, how would you define platformer in a sentence? I'd say it would. it's ma- mainly just getting from point A to point B yeah. in a, an efficient way, uh, while also collecting items and using those items to your advantage. Yeah. Um, I think, like, Crash Bandicoot, would be one of those kinds where you kind of pick up items and collectibles along the way. Whereas Super Mario is like a staple in the speedrunning community because that's the heart and soul of that game is precision and speed. Yeah. Right. And getting from point A to point B. Yeah. Right. Donkey basically. Kong, you know, jump Ooh. over them barrels, jump all, jump all, yeah. jump <laughs> get to that princess. Barrels. Don't die. I mean, it was really, and it, it kind of stemmed from what you could do from a programming standpoint. Like think about, the first really commercially successful game in like Pong. Uh, I mean, it. you had a very limited amount of things you could do and platforming was just one of those easy things because you could utilize pushing a button and holding a button and you can do quite a lot of stuff by just pushing and holding a button. So that's why games like Donkey yeah. Kong and, uh, and Super Mario came out. And what's insane is like how platformers have changed games, but uh, how much the traditional platformer has gotten lost in new games, but this new wave of 3D platformers is really uh, like we're talking about now. Like it's really brought this idea of making a comeback yeah. uh, into the limelight, really. Mm-hmm. Becoming yeah. po- becoming popular once again. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, there's a lot of, I mean, we had last year we had Ratchet and Clank come out, which, yeah. you know, Stellar. is, is a fantastic game. It's more like a 3D action adventure game, but it's definitely at It its doesn't core, matter how many of those games game. come out, it always performs well. Yeah. I will really always good. buy them. Yeah, yeah. seriously. And then, uh, as we mentioned, Ukulele, Snake Pass. We have come out later this year, Crash Bandicoot's Insane Trilogy, which is a remastered of all the Crash Bandicoot games. Gonna play the shit out of that. Um, They announced at South by Southwest, I believe it was, that they're going to bring out a new Sonic game, which was Mm -hmm. a very good platformer back in the day on the Sega Generation. There's two versions of it, too. Like the 3D version, which like Sonic Adventure 2 or Sonic Adventure, which I mean, in, in a lot of ways were a adventure game that's why they're called sonic adventure versus right. just sonic 3 or whatever uh but sonic mania is actually a 2d uh ode to the old sonic games which is really really cool yeah yeah so there's there's a lot of different types out there i mean we have i mean the mobile sphere actually brought in a new version to me that i haven't seen in a while which is like the the endless running thing where you just tap the screen and just to jump and stuff like that and then super mario run basically took that idea and implemented it into a Mario game, which is awesome, where you yeah. literally just have one button to tap. You have the 3D action adventure games. You have the 2D side scrollers like mm-hmm. uh, Shovel Knight we talked about earlier, Super Mario, of mm-hmm. course. I like some of, of like those that. that it wasn't necessarily platforming. Well, it was 
kind of, I mean, it was pretty much platforming, but like Spyro the Dragon, which is one of my oh, all-time yeah. favorites. Oh, man. I would definitely make that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a platformer. I'd yeah. consider it. That, that, was, that was a good game. Man, I forgot about that game. Oh, Spyro? That Dude, fun. that was my jam. Oh, yeah. That was, really that was my fun. jam, bro. But uh, there's a lot. I mean, looking back like on the, on the past and stuff like that, other than, I mean, we've mentioned Sonic, we mentioned Mario and stuff like that. Like what platformers come to light in your guys' minds as very memorable experiences platforming wise. The the two that I know that speak to me in volumes was Spyro the Dragon, which is the one I just mentioned because mm-hmm. that one I think was my one of my first games to get on the PlayStation. Okay. And I ju- I I just loved the majesty of just looking at this grand giant level and looking you know pl- playing on my PlayStation like my brand new PlayStation I was like holy shit this is amazing look at these graphics yo it was it was kind of a religious experience oh yeah and then i think about uh my second favorite one which was Super Mario 64 yes because uh, like you you want to talk about it during my time i don't know if this was the same experience for anybody else but getting a 64 when it first launched was impossible yeah like like any Big other shit. stupid Nintendo console that has ever come out, it's impossible to get a hold of the newest one, unless it's the Wii U, in which case everybody could get that because no one liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but Super Mario 64 was like such a revolutionary, like, oh my God, Mario can move in three dimensions? What is this? Look What's all this, happening? All this flippy shit I'm All doing. this flippy shit. He's punching the Goombas now instead of just jumping on them. But you can still jump like too. Open, it was, yeah. Kind of an open world experience too. Yeah. You could like roam around anywhere exactly and explore and everything. And I actually just read an article today. This is kind of a side note trivia thing, but apparently there was a Goomba at the end of like the last mission of the game that nobody could ever find and kill because I think he was like glitched off the map or something. And somebody oh, no. finally, 18 years later, or however long it's been since it came out, has found that Goomba and has killed it. And it has actually succeeded in destroying everything in the game. Vengeance at last. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So I didn't know there was like a fourth Goomba at the end of the last battle or something like that that went missing. So kind of an interesting tidbit there. It is interesting. But uh, it's not, bad. It's um, not bad. What about you? What are your favorite platformers? Banjo-Kazooie yeah. is awesome. That's oh, yes. great. Played a lot of that. And then uh, I, I think definitely, I mean, Mario's on my list for sure. I played a lot of Jack and Daxter. I Ooh. used to have a, have a blast at that game, if you guys remember that. The second one was impossible. Yeah. I loved it, but it was goddamn hard. Yeah. I remember the second one, though, had a sweet hoverboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about you just whip that bitch out and you're gone. Dude, any game with the hoverboard is amazing. Yeah. And wouldn't yeah. you know it? And, yeah. And wouldn't you know it? The new Ratchet and Clank has a hoverboard. Yeah. And you can race, and it's awesome. Oh, it's so cool. It's kind of hard, but it's, it's it awesome. It's a little hard. It's, hard. it's hit, really cool. Gotta hit all those crates. Yeah. yeah. For me, I mean, my, the two biggest, I mean, most influential, obviously the Super Marios and, you know, these big or titles, but the ones that I, sort of resonated with me the most because they really got me into games like hardcore where the Sonic games, my brother had a Sega Game Gear and I would play Sonic on that all the time. And then I transitioned into the Dreamcast era and playing Sonic Adventure games. And those kind of introduced me to these, you know, more modern, wider uh, arrays of platforming outside of the traditional just side-scrolling, go from left to right. And mm-hmm. then uh, Contra as well. Contra did the same thing for me yep. in that it took the very the, the most bare-bones platforming you could imagine and then added another level to it, which I hadn't experienced yet because I was just playing Super Mario where there was no projectiles, at least not in the first one. Um, 
so I mean, the shooting mechanic, the ability to do all of these different things, kind of open up the world of what games could be. And right. I still play Contra as much as I can to to this day. Did you guys ever play a game called Chibi Robo? Or I, I heard it. I never actually played it personally. I no. played one of them on 3DS. They're really good. Yeah. I never heard about that, but I, I put this question out on Reddit and uh, that Parker kid mentioned Chibi Robo and said that that was a very good platforming type of game. And um, something else that I thought was interesting, and I never thought of these games as that, but there are first-person 3D platformers out there that allow you to do platforming. And one game that I remember really well was a PC game called A Story About My Uncle that was this weird thing. You were underground, and you were trying to track down your uncle, and there were these, like, creatures that were living in these, like, on these floating rock worlds, and you had to basically use... um, different mechanics to jump from rock to rock and space to space. Mm-hmm. And it was extremely hard, but that was such an interesting game. Cause there was this like weird tribal people that lived in this platforming world underground. And it was all about trying to track down your uncle who, um, there was a sad story to the end of it, but it was, it was a very interesting, uh, experience and very challenging platformer for sure. And I played a lot of that because it was um, it was only like three or four hour experience, but it was a lot of fun. And it was very cheap too. It was like fifteen dollars, something like that. But yeah, and I think that's it's interesting that you talk about these because I never heard of that game. Yeah. And it sounds interesting, but I think that's sort of the way of the platformer right now. Yeah. Right. And that's how it it's been. Like people still like platformers. I mean, they're it's been saturating the market since I mean, it came out in whatever the 80s, whenever Super Mario came out. And really, Donkey Kong came out in 81. But I'm interested in seeing how these big AAA studios that got their big breaks off of platformers mm-hmm. take from these innovative platformers. Like, did you ever play Fez? Oh, yeah. my God. Like, that game is incredible. And by all intents and purposes, it's a platformer. And it is fan-fucking- Super tastic. When I started rotating that world, I was just like, "Holy hell, what yeah. is this thing?" Yeah, 2D. it's absolutely insane. Oh my I mean, gosh! It, and then you think about Super Mario, the one that started it all. Every Super Mario game that has come out since has just innovated on that formula. Super Mario Sunshine, mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, Super man. Mario Galaxy game is probably the best game of all time. Like those games are so so good, and. Maybe it it is something that needs to be cyclical in that way, where only you know Nintendo can release this amazing platformer that people resonate with and play, and you know is widely acclaimed. But then again, maybe people do want to continue playing platformers in the way of Crash Bandicoot or Snake Pass for all the platforming that it is, and also isn't Ratchet and Clank, which is going to be around forever. If we're being completely honest, I sure hope so. Or maybe <laughs> it is just a mobile thing forever. I don't like. I don't. I don't really know. I don't play. I mean, I play Super Mario Run on my phone, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm curious to see how well a Crash game does, how well Snake Pass does, how well Ukulele does, and maybe platformers uh, make a little comeback. Maybe some new characters uh, join the race or something, or some new IPs created by some of these bigger studios. Right. Yeah, I agree. I I think it'll be. I mean, there, there, what's what's been interesting lately is that we're seeing that platforming 
experience come through into other games like i mean i was just thinking about uncharted i mean Ooh, there's, yeah. there's some part platforming in uncharted which is kind of weird Big so time. it's being merged into existing games but i still think there's a huge market for um games as platformers solely and um it's so strange like now that you mention it like i am kind of just reflecting back on my time of playing uncharted i'm like god that there's so much platforming <laughs> A and they did it. make Crash Bandicoot, so that that makes sense. Yeah, like makes Naughty sense. Dog made made Daxter. Crash Bandicoot. So although yeah. if oh, I'm and being Jack and Daxter, yeah, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't call it platforming so much as it is. Can I fucking grab this or not? <laughs> yeah, because I fall yeah. so often in that game. Oh man, but yeah, especially that, on the first one. That's actually a very in, it's an interesting observation because that's now in Tomb Raider games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, and it's a yeah. big big yeah. proponent of those. Tomb Raider um, was a huge early platformer. But I mean, you could also argue that platforming is in every game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty, if you want to look at it in that way, has yeah. a lot of platforming elements to it. Because so, you're jumping around and wall riding, and maybe World War II Call of Duty won't do that, but who knows at this point? Depends on and how Duty they want to get fast When one. I used to play the first Call of Duty, there was a mod on the PC. They had these things called jump maps, which were basically platforming maps. And you would use the physics in that game were kind of wonky. So there was this thing you could do where you would run up to the edge of a platform and you would kind of shake your mouse, which like advanced your FPS up a little bit and allowed you to jump a little bit further. So to increase your frame rate so that you could like go further than the game actually would take you with just a standard jump. So you'd go to like the edge of uh, like the corner of an edge and you would leap and do a straightforward left strafe and like flick your mouse as you did the leap. And it would allow you to jump a little bit further to reach these things, these next pieces of platforming. And people made these massive, massive maps in Call of Duty <laughs> as this like World War II character. Call of Duty of all things. Jumping around and platforming and stuff. And it was, it was hilarious. But I played the shit out of those games. It was awesome. Those maps, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was really cool. Yeah, so, what I am a little afraid of with platformers though, and it seems to be that way with the fact that there's just kind of this whole slew of remasters coming out, which I'm okay with. Right. Yeah. Uh, what I hope doesn't happen is that someone says, okay, we're going to make the money off of crash here and then not try again. Because I think crash would be an awesome character to put into a fest type game or a game that is more modern from a platforming perspective, like something more fast paced, something more action adventure. I think there's a lot of interesting characters that were born of the platformer genre that could make an interesting comeback in, in this way. I mean, like I'd love a modern Contra game. I don't know how that would go, that would happen or whether or not it's even possible or like a more modern Jack and Daxter game. Well, it's funny you uh, mentioned that because the game I thought about for Contra, um, and I mean, you can tell me if you like this or not, but when I think of some cool ideas for 3D platforming. I'm sitting here thinking of games like uh, Mirror's Edge. Oh, yeah. That's that, a perfect yeah. platformer. That I'm, that, well, that I'm sitting here thinking about, yeah, man, what a, what, a, what a unique way to do a first-person platforming game. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly surprised we haven't seen more games like it. Well, did you play Mirror's Edge Catalyst? Yeah, it wasn't very good. Yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, glad we agree yeah, with that. Yeah, don't. Uh, <laughs> not yeah, not a good sad. game, no. huh? But no, not really. But you know, speaking of first-person platformers, there was a game that really turned the platforming idea and turned it on its head, which was Portal. That's Dude, true. 
dude. How did you forget Portal? Portal's like, yeah. I, don't, I mean, you mentioned Mirror's Edge, and I'm like, oh, what else is first person? You know, that, Damn, that, that really just good. that fucked your mind up. Yeah. straight off the map. <laughs> well, that great. that stopped being yeah, like platforming one. and just like a physics engine of like, God, where do I need to launch my ass next? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. God, good call. Good call yeah. with the portal. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, portal was, uh, portal was some fun. I like to I like to see a Portal 3 come back at some point. Yeah, that would be terrific. Or, yeah. you know, Half-Life 3. <laughs> Maybe huh. another orange box sort of thing. Oh, man, orange box. That was that was greatness. That's another thing. So Half-Life 2 Deathmatch, did you guys ever play that? I did um, not. Yeah, it, it was a PC only. Well, yeah, Half-Life 2 was PC only, but they had... Oh, no, it wasn't. Did it, it came out on Xbox at one point with the orange box. Orange box. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay, so Half-Life 2 Deathmatch was the multiplayer component of Half-Life 2 at that time. And... I was fascinated by it because um, they also had like jump like maps in there that people modded into the game. Mm -hmm. But man, there was like these worlds you'd go into, the maps you drop into with your friends, and there would be like 12 doorways in front of you. And each doorway was a different like platforming experience that you'd have to succeed and accomplish and then once you beat those 12, there was another doorway to go through where it was like a whole nother like built into the environment kind of platforming, which I think kind of gave way to Portal, honestly, because they yeah. were like Portal before Portal existed. But uh-huh. they had that same kind of idea and concept. And man, that was that was some tough stuff. It was really hard, but it was so much fun. <laughs> so interesting to kind of think about that from back in the day. Yeah, way back yeah. when. Way yeah. back PC when. PC games, man. You guys... You guys you shut up. All that. right, we're getting on it. All right, so eventually. Anyway, um but yeah, so platforming, it'll be interesting to see kind of where where things go in the future, what new titles come out. Um, I hope Crash Bandicoot's good and gives them enough reason to, and I hope Ukulele gets received better and fixes well, their camera. And you, you, here's something to also really consider with that, with the re, with the remaster of yeah. um, Crash Bandicoot, right? There's a whole generation of of young gamers who haven't played this game at all. Oh, yeah, they have, they true. have They true. have no idea what Crash Bandicoot is. Yeah. So missing out, missing out, and I think maybe with a reintroduction to it, and yes, we get to you know we get to have our nostalgia moments with it with the re-release, but this new generation gets to see it, and hopefully we get a, a, a much broader fan base picked back up with it, so that we see more content of these types of platformers come out. Yeah. In the future, like twenty years from now, there will be kids that are now adults that'll be sitting there on a podcast called the inner gamer 2.0 and they will be talking about awesome. remember when we had sandbox building games like minecraft we need those to make a comeback that's gonna happen oh yeah absolutely it's gonna it's gonna happen it's gonna be interesting i'm now thinking of all the things that kids are gonna say about it kids in the future are gonna say about the games that we thought were fucking amazing what's this god of war i don't <laughs> understand yeah yeah i don't understand what's god of war that had some platforming aspects i did it did. I mean, you were, you platformed gods. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But uh, you're not wrong. Yeah. So, anybody got anything else to add to the platforming discussion? And any I, hopes and dreams for the future of platforming? I just really hope platformers don't. I don't want to say go the way of the dodo, as Devin said last week or a week before <laughs> that. Which I haven't, I've never said in my life. This might be the first time I've ever saying. said that. But, Great saying. Uh, go the way of the dodo and uh, kind of just fade into the to the background as just a feature of games. Because I think right. platforming has 
a lot that it can do. I mean, look at Super yeah. Mario uh, and the precision yeah. that is involved with it. I think there's maybe some innovation left within it, and these newer games, A Story by Monkle, Fez, uh, the new Ratchet and Clank, and really any mm-hmm. other game that utilizes it in some way has shown that. So I'm hoping that someone decides to just double, triple down on everything mm-hmm. platforming related and just make the greatest platformer uh, possible. I mean, think about how physics work nowadays. I think there's just a lot uh, available to people in, in the platforming space. Yeah. And I hope that Crash Bandicoot does garner some attention. I hope that people, like kids who've never played it, play it and don't be like, this doesn't control right. Why does it play like this? And then they don't, <laughs> you know, actually latch on to it. But maybe it does uh, pave the way for a Crash Bandicoot like full-on comeback. Like, let's make Crash, I don't know, into a multiplayer four-person shooter or something. Like, oh, my god, Dude, that'd be insane. Let's do uh, it, Crash, man. Crash Kart no. Racing, which is going to be on there. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just I just hope people understand that platformers are never going to die. And yeah. Super Meat Boy is probably one of my favorite games ever. And yeah. that's the reason why oh, I, yeah. I just want, like, a Super Meat Boy 3 point oh or 3d oh, or something God. so that's what's kind of interesting Super about the platforming boy. thing i think the thing that will keep them alive is the indie market i like, was just yeah. going to yeah. say the the indie market i mean if you look at platforming today it's very rare you see a triple a platforming game but it's not uncommon to see hundreds of fantastic indie game platformers coming out oh yeah we've right. got like limbo and braid just alone just uh, blew my goddamn mind, Charlie. I didn't think about that. I didn't Limbo, think about yeah. Braid. Or Braid. Braid was awesome. Um, yeah. It, well, and what I was going to say about the whole indie market is we have seen and we have talked with a number of indie devs who are former tri- uh, who are former AAA devs. Right. Uh, Janneman Nordhagen used to work at 2K Marin. And, right. And... He's he's now at Dim, his own uh, place at Dimbled Games, making an amazing game. It's not a platformer, but he's moving into a different uh, genre. We see these big we see these big talents go into the indie market, and you know a good example of a different type of platformer is Alboy. That's very true. And we're we're seeing like a, like as you said, Luis, this this ingenuity and this fresh original take on platformers with different cool mechanics and ideas. And I, I agree 100% Brett that it's going to come from the indie market. Yep. And with this new Nindy move with the switch, we may be seeing a lot more platformers on there. I mean, we Atari talk could shovel night. So could be a thing. There we go. So, um, awesome. Cool. Good stuff. Well, that (laughs) is going to conclude our gaming discussion segment, and it's also going to wrap up our show this week. So before we go into our outro, guys, what what are you planning on playing this week? Any, anything cool and exciting? So since we downloaded a shitload of games for the beginning of the month, the new games of the month for oh, yeah, Xbox right. yeah. and yeah. PS4, I'm going to dive into a lot of those. I spent all day Friday downloading all these damn things. So that's probably what I'll be doing. Now that, now that everything's downloaded, I'll be playing it. And I also finished Dark... I finally finished Dark Souls, the DLC, so I can... Mm. Get a fresh take mm. on everything else. That's good. That's good. I'm proud of you. Thank proud you. you what about that. you? What are you playing? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play more Zelda. I'm gonna jump into Snake Pass and play that. And I might get Telltale's thing. Probably not, but I'm <laughs> gonna try. 
We'll see. Okay. I think it'd be fun to play. Yeah. But uh, I won't have on the podcast next week, but I'll at least have Snake Pass and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, Luis, what are you playing? Well, this is going to sound bad because the game is good, but I hope I'm finally motivated to go back and finish Horizon. Oh, uh, such a great game. It is, but Zelda is so <laughs> That's true. Much I've kind of forgot I've yeah. kind of forgot about it Horizon. So much I was better. playing like, I was playing that game and I was at one of the crucial story moments where they explain what the name of the game means. Huge stuff. And then I hear a knock on the door and there's a guy with my Nintendo Switch and I'm like, "Well, see you later." <laughs> Immediately, that yeah. was, that it's was so, and yeah. they're so different. But there's yeah. aspects of one that I want in the other. Oh yeah, and no, none was, of one in the other. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It was incredible. Right? Yeah. So I, I really hope I, I like. And the big issue with me is I like to play Rocket League way too much, and I'm like in. I a saw you play right like now. three different times when I logged on my PS4. I was like, he is playing fucking Rocket League again. Guys, I'm so good now. Like I'm so close to platinum. I get it. Like, I'm you're so fucking, close. You're better than you're better than everyone so at this table. We get it. I just I, it's not even that. Like it's there's just something about those matches. I've played two thousand three hundred matches. Jesus, that's Christ. nice. That's, that's, that's it. a lot. Anyway, so hopefully, hopefully beating Horizon. I travel for work, so I'm gonna continue to play Zelda. Hopefully, <laughs> sure. beat the first Shovel Knight and start the next uh, iteration. And hopefully I have a hotel internet that works because for whatever reason, the stupid browser doesn't work for me that on my sucks. Switch and I can never connect ah. to the damn internet. Maybe download Snake Pass or something. Yeah. Anyway, nice. hopefully finish all those there games, man. There's what do you a lot think to do. Playing, to Charlie? Play. Charlie, are you going to play anything? Yeah, I might pick up ukulele, you know, nice. get that nostalgia feel. Uh, I also might replay Bullet Storm. I beat it. And now I get to play overkill mode where they let you it's have just, all of the game. guns. That's what I it like is about short, it. but yeah. they, in overkill mode, they allow you to have all of the guns, equip them all. In the original story mode, you you can only have three at a time, but now you can have like all eight or nine. I think it's eight. And it's once bananas. You, yeah, once you complete all of the skill shots with a gun, then you get unlimited ammo. Oh my so it's god. Just, Big wow. time fuckery. Like it's, <laughs> it's all up in there. I might play some Rocket League too, but my problem with Rocket League is I, I play with an Xbox One Elite controller. And oh, I put a paddle nice. on the back for the X button so that I can just handbrake all around. But if you if you give me another fucking controller, I can't play the I can't play it. Like I'm like, where's my paddle? I can't do this. I swear I'm better than this. <laughs> Yeah, Luis oh, just plays, funny. makes a goal, and then talks shit to us. Where was the D on that, you bitches? What a <laughs> save! What a save! What a sorry. Yep, yep. Yeah, right. I, I'm a, I expect a lot from players that <laughs> yeah, I play with. He does. I see the potential, guys. I just want you all to get better. What kind of, what kind of position do you favor? Uh, all over the goddamn map is yeah. what he considers. So what's tough for what's tough for me is is I I'm probably best at assisting, but I'm also and if you fight, if you want to fight me on this, you can. I'm also probably I'm like 99% of the time, given my rank, better on offense and defense than the people I'm playing with. Yeah. So I'm forced to decide where the biggest hole is. But yeah. A lot of times, like people won't score, so I'm like, okay, maybe I should cheat a little bit. But sure. even when I cheat, then the defense is like suffers. So I try to play mid as much as possible and only only rotate out when I absolutely know for a fact that I can get the shot in. So that's midfield exactly. assisting is like my favorite thing. That's exactly like what I do. You know, you, you, Magic play, Johnson. you play the long game, but you also try to help your buddies with defense. But if, if there's a shot that you can take, you snake that shit right from your buddies. You be <laughs> yeah. a greedy beaver 100%. I, I like to just drive around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got a buddy that likes to just turtle in the goal. And just spin that's around. a really good it's one. It's like, God damn it, dude. We could really use you right now. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Such a great game. Awesome. Oh, that's terrific. 
Well, that's that's that's, that's been awesome. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening to the <laughs> podcast. Uh, be sure and check us out next week for more gaming goodness and lots of exciting stories yep. on the amazing inner gamer. If there's something you'd like to hear the, us talk about, the awesome, the awesome, awesome, the inner awesome. Gamer. That's right. I'm glad you corrected me there. I had to, I had to make sure I had that right. I'm on board. If yeah. I see that in, on any further itineraries or patches <laughs> or banners or whatever, I'm I'm punching both of you in the in in, awesome. in the sensitive spots. Uh, yeah. So if you have any questions something you'd like to hear us talk about, email us hello at theinnergamer.net. You can also find us online by going to the website, theinnergamer.net, checking out our social channels on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twist. Twitch. Twist. 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 <laughs> Twist it. Bop it. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend. It's the only way we can twitch. <laughs> You're the worst. Uh, speaking of YouTube, please go there. Check out some uh, videos. we got some great interviews. Uh, on uh, from fan days uh, for fan expo on um, uh, 2017 over in Dallas, we had a lot of fun. And uh, Charlie, thank you for interviewing Jessica Negri, and thank you for oh, coming man, to be on the podcast. Pleasure. Both both ways, yeah, yeah thank man. You. It's great being here. Thanks for yeah. having me, fellas. Awesome. That was yeah. you. No, I'm kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, we also uh, have a Patreon setup, which is a way for you, our listeners, to donate to the cause in order to bring you all the great content you want to see and hear. Plus, if you support us, we have some awesome rewards awaiting you, such as signed t-shirts, being a guest on the podcast, or maybe joining us for a D&D session, which we finally played today. Heck yeah. We finally played D&D. And I did nice. die. He almost died numerous no, times. It was okay. I did good. I threw a fireball and it killed everything and then they came back to life. <laughs> So, Good job. That's what uh, but uh, head over to innergamer.net and click donate to contribute. So that wraps us up this week. Yeah. My name is Brayden Oski. I'm Devin Duree. I'm Charlie Smith. And I'm Luis Gonzalez. And, and you've, been you've been listening, listening to, to The, the Inner Gamer. Gamer. Yeah. That's awesome. With this one, we just say, I open up, say hello, my name is, and then we just go around certain names like we just did. What? Well, you'll Same thing. Who? introduce Charlie. I'll, 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 don't worry about saying your name. I'll introduce That's you. good. Okay. Slim Shady. He's Slim Shady. He is not. Hi there. Slim Shady. Slim Shady. He's All right. Not.